0: Hope you're nice and cozy in your house, wherever you're at. Uh, we, we've got a live stream going this morning on uh, Facebook as well as on YouTube. And so we're, we're, uh, expanding out a little bit today and giving it a go. And we're grateful for technology that allows us to gather and still be together, even though man, we're, uh, we're not able to actually be together the roads. I know they're working hard to get them kind of cleared off, but man, we didn't want to risk anything today. Uh, and, uh, normally, uh, they, they work real hard to get our roads clean, but man, there's a bunch of snow overnight and made it a little, little challenging, I know. And so, uh, we decided to make this decision, uh, and, uh, we, we wrestled with it. Uh, this was one of the harder ones for us today. Uh, but man, we're glad that you're warm, you're safe, and uh, we're grateful that we be able to, to join in, in this way today. Uh, wanted, uh, to remind you of a couple things, uh, coming up in two weeks. We have Catch the Vision. So if you're kind of new, you've been checking out Faith Church and you have been looking for ways for you to kind of take your first step to connect in or maybe to engage a little bit more here at Faith Church, Catch the Vision is your opportunity. It's an all-access look that you get to have into all things Faith Church. And so uh, that's coming up in two weeks. And so if you've never attended Catch the Vision, man, I'd love for you to join me at that class um, it's coming up in two weeks. It'll be right after the service, both child care and lunch, all provided for free. Uh, so make sure you log on to the Central Hub, click in, and uh, let us know that you want to come and attend our next Catch the Vision luncheon. Uh, can't wait. It, it, it's going to be a great time, and you're going to really be glad that you you came. Hey, if you would uh, do me a favor today, we want to share this experience with as many people as we can. So uh, if you're watching on Facebook, would you just click the share button real quick and invite some friends to come along? Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you, you share this as well. Give it a like. You can even subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're just getting started with it. Um, but two great opportunities, whatever platform you're on today, would you just take a minute and share, uh, with your social friends and your, your friends and invite somebody to, to log in and connect in. And this may be a a great life giving experience for them as well. Well, we're going to get started. I want to read, um, a scripture here in a minute. We're going to be in the word together. Um, but uh, we're going to pray and just kind of set the tone. And as we pray, it kind of prepares our heart. Uh, But right before we pray, I want to encourage you to maybe silence some of the distractions around you. I know maybe you're settling into the couch or you're gathered around the kitchen table with your family, kind of wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to go ahead and uh, limit those distractions, whatever you need to do to kind of block out. And let's give the Lord the next few minutes. Let's give it to him. Let's Open our hearts, open our ears, and let's just uh, stay focused and honed in maybe on what he's saying to us today. And uh, let's, let's do that by just kind of knocking down the distractions, silent the things around us, and uh, let's really engage today with what I believe God has to say to you and to me um, as, as we get going. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we're grateful for opportunities where we can come and gather Lord, you said we can come into your presence with thanksgiving, and so here, Lord, from our living rooms and from our kitchens and from our houses, Lord, we just stop, and with our own heart, we just engage, and we say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for for the person of Jesus, Lord, who's in our lives, who's at work, who's helping us to grow and to be more like him. Lord, Lord, we thank you that he's the example that we have, Lord. we just say we love you. We we're so honored, God, that, that we get to open your word, that we get to learn, that we get to hear from your Holy Spirit. And so today, God, open our hearts, open our ears, open our eyes so that we can see you clearly. Uh we're 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 so 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 in love with you, God. Uh we're we're grateful for our family, we're grateful for our church community that, that's gathered here today, those that are watching in real time and those that maybe will be watching uh in playback later. Lord, wherever we find ourselves, may we know that we're connected through your son and uh who, who loved us so much. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh well, we've been in a series entitled Stride, and we're in week number four of this series. And uh, we've kind of been journeying as a church, setting kind of a target for what we believe God is, is leading us to this year. Some of the things that maybe God's been speaking to us, helping us discover that everything that we do has to have the right stride. And the right stride is one that is consecrated, that's surrendered to God. The right stride is one that has... Conversation with other people, and so we're not living isolated, but we're doing it in community, and uh, which is why our connect groups are such an important thing, and serving on serve teams is such an important thing because we're doing life with other people, and we get to run this race that we're all in called life. We get to do it together, and so we talked in the first week about how the right stride is one that's conversational and it's consecrated. In the second week, we talked about how the right stride requires steps of faith. And these steps of faith are our first and foremost uh, surrendering control. You've got to surrender control if you're going to have steps of faith. No, you need to surrender control, but then you need to choose stewardship. And that was uh, another Sunday like today where we came live over Facebook and kind of broadcasted it out. Because again, we got iced out. Uh, it's been a wild ride here in February. But we decided that we we're going to keep taking steps of faith. We're going we're to uh, surrender control and we're going to choose stewardship. And then last week, we talked about how the right stride are, are steps of faith that are stabilized by God's grace. How it's God's grace that empowers us to overcome sin in our lives. It's God's grace that um, allows us to have a right relationship with other people. And we looked at how important the grace of God is in our lives. and And today we're going to wrap up this series uh, and and take it another step further, another stride further. And as we discover what the right stride is for us as a body, as a community of faith, and and as a as a church. And I want to read Galatians chapter 6, Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. This is what it says, Galatians 6, and starting in verse 7, it says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whoever sows to please their flesh will from the flesh reap destruction, he says. But whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit he will reap eternal destruction life. What you sow to matters. There's sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. Uh, I've learned that when it comes to exercise, it is a predetermined decision. Uh, I don't know if you've realized this, but to be healthy and to have a habit of exercise or really any habit that is good for you, it's going to require some predetermined decisions. Because here's what I've learned, that if I wait until I feel like doing it, I won't do it, right? Like if I wait to just feel like going to the gym, I probably won't go to the gym. In fact, I will find every reason not to do what I know I should do. I will create uh, justifications as to why I can't go today. I I went yesterday or I worked hard yesterday or I just don't have the mental capacity to go to the gym today. Like like we come up with all sorts of reasons why I might get hit by a car if I run today. You know, we'll come up with all sorts of like, silly notions to talk ourselves out of doing what we think we should do. That's why it's a kind of a a predetermined decision. Because if we're going to be really, really honest with our lives, we don't end up somewhere in life on accident. No, we're going to end up where we intend to go because we decide to go in that direction because we have some intentionality behind the actions that we take that are going to get us to where we believe God wants us to go. We, you're not going to wake up one day and accidentally be healthy, right? Like, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. I heard a phrase uh, years ago, and you've probably heard this statement that the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Like, just because you intended to be nice doesn't mean you were nice. Like, like your intention to do something means very little when it comes to the fact of did you actually. Do it like, well, I intended to pay the IRS this year, but if you don't pay the IRS, they don't really care what you intended to do. They're just looking for what you actually did because intentions just aren't enough. You know, I don't think on the same side, just like we can't accidentally arrive at a healthy place in our lives. I don't think anybody wakes up one day and says, you know what, today I hope I'm going to ruin my marriage. You don't wake up one day and say, I hope that today I get to commit adultery. I get to cheat on my spouse. Nobody decides that. Nobody wakes up one day and says, man, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to get up to my eyeballs in debt, be upside down on this house, not be able to afford this car. Nobody wakes up saying those things. We, we're not, and we don't accidentally find ourselves in those places. Nobody wakes up and says, man, I hope today my kids just actually hate me for the rest of their lives. I, I hope that uh, because I'm distant and angry that it just creates this, this thing in their lives. But, but the truth is we find ourselves and we've heard stories and we know people in our lives who, man, they've got a strange relationship with their kids. We know people, and maybe you're in this spot where you just feel like you are up to your eyeballs and debt, and, and you don't know what to do. And financially, you don't feel secure at all. You, you feel like the, it's just a slippery slope. And maybe you find yourself emotionally connected to somebody from your past or old boyfriend or old girlfriend and it's creating you down and you're going down this road and the reality is nobody intends to have um, infidelity in their marriage. Nobody intends to be terrible with their money. Nobody intends to be terrible at parenting. Nobody intends to flunk out of school when they get started. But the reality is somewhere we find ourselves slipping back. We find ourselves in a place where it seems like life has just slipped out of our control. And we find ourselves that our passion has slipped. And and we're shuffling through life without passion. We're we're shuffling through this life without a purpose. We're, We're shuffling in a way that Man, we don 't feel like we have the strength to keep going, and we just want to give we want to give up because we don 't feel like we have the strength. I talk to people all the time who say and lament a little bit to me, and they say you know pastor i, I just don 't think I have the strength to keep going this this climb that we 're in with our marriage i, I don 't think i 've got the strength to do this i, I don 't feel like I have the strength to keep going with the situation at work because Although the gossip is just mounting, and I, I don't know that I have the strength to go on. I, I don't think I have the strength to keep following Jesus. I don't I don't have the strength to beat this addiction. I don't have the strength to to change how I talk. I don't have the strength to no longer be angry and mad all the time. I just I just don't have what it takes, and we end up giving up because we don't feel like we have the strength for the things that we're walking through and enduring in life. Maybe you're in that place. We you find yourself like I don't know that I have the strength to keep going forward. I, I don't have a, I have the strength to do that. You know, in running, um I, I read an article that kind of outlines some of these uh uh, frequent strides that people deal with ways that people run incorrectly and their stride isn't helping them run or achieve their goals. And, uh, we've kind of talked about each one and, and I, w- I want to introduce you to another one today. In fact, it's the title of, of, this message. If you're looking for a title, the title is this, the grandpa shuffle, the grandpa shuffle. Uh, there's a stride that is referred to in running when somebody doesn't have the strength to take a full stride. Um, they just kind of shuffle their feet, really, really short, small steps, barely getting their feet off the ground because they don't have the strength to run. And and the older you get, sometimes the less strength that you have. And I don't think they use that term. Uh, call it the grand. They don't. They don't you call the stride the grandpa shuffle to be mean. It's just a description of the fact that as you get older, it seems like your strength gets less and less, and so you may not have the strength to take a full stride when you get started or as you've been doing it or you age or what have you. And so you have this little shuffle along the way. And I think uh, running like life, when we feel like we don't have the strength, we just find ourselves shuffling a little bit. We're not actually making changes. We're just kind of shuffling around where the chaos is. We're not really solving problems or making progress. We're just shuffling where we're having to place our energy and where we feel like we're not going to get sleep this week and where our stress is going to go and where our money's going to go. And we're not actually gaining anything. We're just shuffling around back and forth. And I think sometimes in our lives and in our spiritual lives, we feel like that with our relationship with God. We don't feel like we have the strength to keep pursuing him. And so we just kind of slow down and we don't really move forward. We just kind of shuffle along hoping that we're doing just enough not to make God mad and just enough to still call ourselves religious, but we're not actually moving forward with any sense of victory, with any sense of movement, or, or with any sense that we're really going to get where God wants us to go. See, the strength of our stride is determined by the diligence of our standards the strength of our stride can only be our stride can only be strengthened let me say it this way our stride can only be strengthened when we choose to diligently go after it when we choose to diligently make progress when we choose to diligently work at it to be intentional with doing the right things again and again that's the only way we just by diligently doing it see we need a standard operating procedures in our faith life, it matters. See, a standing operator procedure is something that is is standard in its operation. It's something that no matter what, this is how you go about doing these things. For me, there's a, a standard operating procedure in my household. One of the standard operating procedures that we have is when you finish your dinner or your meal, you are responsible to take your plate or your dishes, rinse them out and put them in the dishwasher. Everyone is responsible. It's a standard operating procedure around our kitchen table. It's guaranteed it's going to happen every time. And if it doesn't, we go back until they take what they need to the kitchen. It's just how we operate. It's the standard that we've set for our lives. And as a result, there's some things our kids are learning, right? There's a standard operating proce- there's another standard operating procedure that we have in our in our household, when it's a church day, we go to church, right? When, when it's the day for church, we are going to be gather with God's people. It's not even an option. It's not even a question of, do we feel like going to church today? We have a standard that has in result over time, created a strength and spiritual formation in our lives that is unmistakable, not because we're better than anybody, but because we've had a standard practice that we've continued to use in our lives over and over and over when it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God and in any other area of your life. Here's the reality. The strength of our stride forward will be determined by the standards of our life. The strength that you need to move forward will be found in the standards of your, of your life. If you're taking notes, I want to give you the entire sermon in one sentence. In fact, this one sentence is actually the entire series in one sentence. And it's a bit of a mouthful, uh, but you can find it on our central hub. And uh, maybe somebody will be kind enough to type it into the comments so you all can get it. But here's the entire sermon, the entire series, just in, in one sentence. We stride forward with steps of faith, stabilized by grace, and strengthened by standards of the Spirit. We stride forward with steps of faith stabilized by grace, and strengthened by standards of the Spirit. That's what we want to talk about for the next little bit. I want to talk about standards, the standards in your life, the standard operating procedure that you have in all areas of your life. Your standards matter. Here's the first, uh, the next thing that I want you to notice is that standards are where we stand, Right, like if you're looking for a really elementary definition of a standard, a standard is where you stand. Where are you standing? How are you standing in life? That's your your standard. Uh, Galatians chapter five gives us an idea of some standards of the spirit, some standards that we need to have in our lives. And so, in Galatians chapter five, starting in verse sixteen, I want to read a section of scripture to you. It says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able, so you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity. And debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, or strife, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, just as I did before, he says, that those that live like this, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God, but... There's a different standard you could have, a different operation you can have. But the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, Let us keep in step, or let me say it this way, since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in stride with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. We have a standard. Either you have a standard in your life of selfishness, or you have a standard of the Spirit. You're standing either in selfishness or you are standing in the spirit. The choice is yours. We all stand somewhere and your standard reveals where you stand or where you stand reveals what your standard is. We're all standing somewhere. What, what are your standards in life? What are the things that are standard operation in your life that, that on a consistent basis occur again? And again, and again, what are the standards? How do, you, how do you study for a test? Or how are you doing in school? What are the standards that you live by when it comes to your education? What are the standards that you've set in your marriage? What are the standards that you have for your finances? Your standards matter. They're going to show up in your life. Your standards are where you stand. As a church, here at Faith Church, we have some standards. We have certain things that kind of are non-negotiable for us. There are certain things, we call them mindsets. We have seven mindsets as a church. These have helped create a little bit of a standard operating procedure for us as a church that tell us how we're going to act and what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. We have seven standards. Let me read them to you. Number one, we, we keep Jesus as our center and his word as our compass. Everything that we do focuses and centers on the person of Jesus, and it is God's word that navigates and helps us make decisions and determines how we go about and what we do in life. Jesus is the center, and his word is our compass. It's a standard that we have. Another standard that we have is that we are committed contributors, not casual consumers. We have a standard as a church that says we're going to contribute, not just sit back and consume. We're going to use our time, our talents, and our treasure in a way that helps add to the life of the church. We're not just going to sit back and wait for something to happen for us or just take. We're going to contribute as we go. We are committed contributors, not casual consumers. We we focus doing more by doing less as a church. We have a standard that says we're going to do a few things and do them as great as we possibly can. And we're not going to do a bunch of other side things. We're not going to do a ton of conferences. We're not going to run a bunch of extra programs, extracurricular things. We're going to create partnerships that for outreach. We're going to have life-giving weekend services. We're going to have irresistible kids' environments. And we're going to grow in faith-building and life-building connect groups. Those are the things that we are focused on. We're, we're not going to create a bunch of extra studies to do because we really believe that if we can get in God's word, it'll apply to every stage and season and fraction of life. And so, man, we we just choose to live simple focus. That's what we do. Uh, Not only that, but we pursue unity with humility. We pursue unity, man, with humility. Why? Because where there is unity, God says he commands his blessing to show up. And so if God is going to bless the place where there is unity and we want to be people that flourish and walk in God's best, well, we're going to do whatever it takes to have humility or have unity, which requires us to be humble. We have to be willing to be humble in order to have unity. You will not have unity in your marriage where there is pride. It just won't work. It's going to require somebody to walk in humility. It's a standard. We have a standard of unity. We have a standard that says we lead the way in joyful generosity and faith-filled stewardship. We lead with generosity, full of joy. We are joyful givers, giving above and beyond regular things. We, we want to unleash a sense of generosity. Why? Because the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but those who live stingy lives, their world goes smaller and smaller, Proverbs tells us. And we want to expand and grow in our lives, and we're going to do it with faith, Forward stewardship. We're going to steward open-handedly, trusting God to increase, but doing it in a way that allows us to have faith. And moving forward, we are a debt-free church, and we have no intentions of going into great debt. Why? We have great things we want to do, but we believe that if we can be generous as a church, we can stay debt-free as a church. And that's a high priority for us. Not to say we'll never borrow or we'll never work things. I, I, I won't say such things. But being debt-free is a faith-filled decision for us as a church. All of our land, all of our buildings, everything is debt-free. And we thank God for that, and we plan to keep holding to that standard and moving forward with that kind of faith and stewardship. Uh, two more standards that we have as a church. We live with expectation, and we live with gratitude. We live with expectation. We don't lower our standards to appease people. We keep a high level of expectation. We have an expectation that every time we show up, God is going to move. Today, uh, before we went live, I was praying uh, with somebody. We were here and we were praying. And we were praying that God would move in your heart and your life as you watch this and listen to this. Just as if we were in the same room. We had a high expectation today that God was going to show up, that he was going to speak to you. We're not lowering that expectation that your life, we don't believe this will be any less life-giving because it's coming through technology than if we were all together in a space, in a sanctuary. No, we have high expectations. And we're going to continue to be grateful for all that God does. We've seen God do amazing things in our church just in the last two years. And we believe we're going to see even more. We are grateful. We celebrate it often, but we keep our expectation high. And here's the last one. It's a standard for us as a church. We make room for people to belong. We make room for people to belong. It's something that we have a standard. We will do whatever it takes to make more room for other people to know that they have a space that they can belong. Here's the deal. Without standards, we are going to slip. Without standards, we slip in our lives. We slip in our marriages to where we have less intimacy because we're not living with standards of purity and godliness. We slip into debt because we're not having a standard called a budget that helps make certain decisions. We slip, and in our relationships, when we don't have a standard of forgiveness and grace, we find ourselves slipping into bitterness. We slip further and further into anger and Wrath and frustration and just bitter offense because we don't have a standard that says, Jesus forgave me, I'm gonna forgive them. Without standards, we slip. Here's here's another thought that I want you to to grab a hold of today, and that's this, that standards are seeds that we sow today for tomorrow's strength. Standards are seed we sow today for tomorrow's strength. I, I want you to think of it like this. Without standards, we have no leg to stand on. Think about it, without a standard, you don't have any leg to stand on. I think without respect, without somebody who says yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no thank you without without somebody who treats other people with respect, unless you have a standard of respect, you don't have a leg to stand on to demand respect from somebody else you, without respect you if you're not treating people that way, you have no leg to stand on to expect that it would do that. You, If you're not honoring your spouse and speaking kind to them, you have no standard of love to hold them to. You have no leg to stand on. Why? Because you have no standard. Without a standard, you don't have a leg to stand on. The reason we can't, uh, the reason we as Christians are often seen and considered hypocritical, it's because we have standards that are so low or so duplicitous. And we don't actually have a leg to stand on because we're not living by godly spirit-formed standards. Your standard today matters for your tomorrow. Why? Because your standard today is a seed that you're sowing. We read it earlier that if you sow to your flesh, if you sow to selfishness, you're going to reap strength of a selfish nature. And that's it. You're going to be limited to your own strength. But if you sow to the spirit of God, if you sow to God's ways, If you show to God's standards, well, you're going to reap strength from the spirit of God. Your standard today, it matters for tomorrow. If you want to have a strong marriage tomorrow, you need to sow seeds of godly standards and purity today. You know, watch your eyes. You need to walk, watch what you look at. You need to avoid having side conversations with people of a of an emotional nature that aren't your spouse. You need to have godly standards. You don't need to return the text message. You don't need to be uh on Snapchat trying to find somebody to talk to late at night. You need to have some godly standards for your marriage. Why? Because if you want a strong marriage tomorrow, you've got to sow some godly standards as seeds today. If you want to have prosperity tomorrow, you've got to sow seeds of stewardship of God's blessing today. If you want God's best tomorrow, you have to sow standard seeds of your best today. What you do today affects your tomorrow. Your standards are these seeds of strength. It's it's these seeds that you sow. So if, if you want something tomorrow, If you know you want your life to look at a certain way, if you want to have this strong, healthy, stable life tomorrow, you've got to sow seeds of standards right now, today. Don't delay, start. Start today. Here's the last thought that I really want to share today, and that's this, that God's strength shows up where God's standard is upheld. In other words... If you want God's strength in your situation today, you've got to live by God's standard today. It is unmistakable to me. And it is so clear to me in scripture that if we want God's strength to help get out of a situation that we're in, but we're not willing to live by God's standards in our lives, we can't expect God's strength because God's strength is a result of godly standards. If I'm not working out in a way that has a standard, in other words, if I just show up to the gym, talk to a bunch of people and go home, I'm not actually having a standard of exercise. I just have a standard of going where other people exercise. Similarly, if you just show up at church, it's not going to create the strength that you need in your life. There's certain things that you're going to be affected. You're going to love the environment. But until you make a personal decision to start living by God's ways, when you start sowing seeds to the spirit of God instead of sowing seeds to the flesh, it's not going to happen by osmosis or by good intentions. You've got to make a decision that you're going to do something to bring the strength of God into your life, to allow the strength of God to grow in your life. We read it earlier in Galatians 6. What you sow to, you reap from. If you're not sowing to the strength of God through his standards, you're not going to reap of the strength of God in your life. So many people I see all the time, they, they're frazzled, they're, they're worn out, they're tired. They don't know what to do financially. They, they're, they, they don't know how to make their marriage better. They, they, they're at a place with their kids and their parenting where they just don't feel like they've got the strength to keep going on. And a lot of it comes down to this simple truth. We've been sowing to the wrong areas, and that's why we don't have strength. If I went out to um, a field, and in this field we were supposed to have soybeans, and it was time to harvest the soybeans, and I went out there, and there were no crops, it's not really the problem with the seed. It's the problem that the seed was never sown. If I go and I look and I do some research and discover I don't have any soybeans, it's because I never planted any soybean seeds or however you get soybeans. Whether it's seeds, I have no idea. I'm just assuming that it is. I'm getting a nod from somebody in the room saying, no, no, you got to have seeds in order to get soybeans. All right, good. I feel less. I'm not a farmer, as you can tell. But if you're going to get soybeans, you got to plant some seeds. It would be insane to think that you're going to reap of soybeans if you've never sown any soybean seeds friends if you want to have god's strength to sustain your life if you want to have god's strength to have a strong marriage if you want god's strength to show up in your finances to where you're 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 not slave to things but man you're you're able to live free and 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 not deal with all of the stress and the anxiety if you want to have 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 kids that are raised strong in the lord and in the power of his might if you're going to be a person that is that is equipped to do all that God has, if you're going to show up as a strong force and live as a strong Christian, not tripping up all over the place, it's because you decided to sow some seeds and have some godly standards in your life. If you're not living by God's standards, you won't see God's strength in your life. That doesn't mean that we only can earn God's love. That's not what I'm talking about. God's love is there. His grace is there. His forgiveness and the power that you need to sow the godly standards, to live by a godly standard. God gives you everything you need to do it. It's just a matter of will you do it. God has given you everything you need. So we're not talking about a works mentality where you've got to do something to earn something from God. Nope, not at all. We are stabilized in our life by God's grace. But it is because of God's grace that you can wake up tomorrow and begin living with a godly standard. It's because of God's grace that you can show up tomorrow and and allow your life to be shaped by something. One of the standards that you should be looking for is God's word. If God's word sets some standards for your life, then that's what you want to live by. In other words, look for self-control instead of, Drunkenness. Look for it to be gentle instead of having fits of rage. Look to be faithful instead of creating these fractions and division around you. Look to be patient instead of always getting into fights and anger. Uh, choose joy instead of ha- having these uh, selfish pleasures and like, like so to the right things, so to the right things. If you will choose a godly standard, God's strength will show up to help you accomplish and to move forward and to have the race and to run the race and to be at the stride that you want to go at. So you might be sitting there saying, Pastor, that's great. I know I need some godly standards in my marriage. I know my finances—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not really living by God's standards. I haven't been tithing. I haven't even given anything. I—I I know that I'm not living on a budget. I, I'm not really doing it right. I know it in my own relationships, man. I'm not—I'm not really being kind. I'm gossiping all the time. I'm telling lies. I'm—I'm I'm doing whatever it takes to. to to save face with people. You might be in a spot where you were saying, you know what, Pastor, I I don't have those godly standards, and I definitely know I need, I desperately want God's strength. How do I do it? How do I create and establish a godly standard? Well, let me give you a couple practical things to begin to do to establish some godly standards in your life. Are you ready? Here's one. Begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. I want you to envision what does it look like to have a godly, strong, and strengthened marriage. What does that look like? What does it look like to be to have your finances in a god honoring doing doing your finances in a god begin with the end in mind. What does it look like at the end to have children that leave your house that love God, are are called by God, that have discovered purpose and passion in their lives. What does it look like to, to raise those? Because what does is, what is the end look like? Then begin to craft some some decisions, some predetermined decisions to get you there. If you want your children to be godly children, young adults who are honoring to God in every way, what do what standard do you think would be good to start with? Let me give you one. Have them at church. They're not going to grow closer to God on the ball field. They're not going to grow closer to God, running around, doing it. They're not going to grow closer to God if you're waiting to decide to gather with the people of God, decide if you're going to feel like it or not. Have some godly standards. They're not going to watch certain things. Whether it's Momo or not, I don't care. There are certain standards you probably ought to have for your children that they're watching. What are the godly standards you need? Are you going to be somebody that chooses not to raise your voice at your kids? Didn't say you don't correct them. But what if you make a decision, I'm not going to raise my voice at my kids, and you begin to set a standard in your life, set a standard in your life. So begin with the end in mind. Start with some scripture. What does God's word have to say about that area of your life? What is the thing that you're wanting to see God change? What what does God's word have to say? What standard does God's word say? I, I understand that there's lots of opinions about whether or not you should tithe or not. Can I just tell you God's word is pretty clear on what you start with? If you're going to start a standard when it comes to your finances and to be stable in a way that is God honoring, it's going to always start with the tithe. Always is, always will. That's just how God has set it up because it does something in our hearts to remind ourselves that we're not sowing seeds of selfishness, but we're sowing to the Spirit of God. Man, it's just what does Scripture have to say? What does Scripture have to say? And and then when it comes to to establishing standards in our lives, start with the end in mind. Find a scripture to help you along the way. And then here's the deal. Have a standard to practice it. Just practice the standard. Listen, you're not going to make it all the time. You're not going to always respond in a a caring, loving, compassionate way to your kids. There's going to be times you're just going to miss it. It's true. You will. But if you miss it once, don't miss it a second time right? Like like you're going to show up and you're, you may struggle to, to have a pattern of, of reading God's word every day. It may just be one verse, but maybe that's something you're wanting to establish. You're going to start there, but man, you might miss one day. Whatever you do, don't miss two days, right? Establish a standard practice. Begin to practice what it is that you want to see as the outcome. Begin just to practice the standard. You're not going to do it perfect. You're going to miss it sometimes. Just don't make a habit of missing it. Show up, to practice. You know, they say that uh, practice makes perfect. And they've kind of, maybe you've heard this one that practice actually makes permanent. And I would agree with both of those to some degree. But at the end of the day, I think that if we can practice something, we're creating patterns for our lives. So the reality is yesterday, you practice something as it relates to your your spiritual life. You practice something as it relates to how you're stewarding your finances. You did something as a practice that you repeated in some way, shape, or form as it relates to the entertainment, the standards that you had. You did something yesterday that was a pattern and a practice. Uh, my encouragement is: begin with the end in mind. Discover the truth of God's word in Scripture, and just begin to practice godly standards. And as you practice godly standards, you will see God's spirit show up in your life. And his strength will be there for you to live your life in a God-honoring, God-pleasing way. Listen, we can have strides that move us forward in our life. We don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to struggle. No, the way forward is to stride forward by steps of faith, stabilized by grace, strengthened by the standard of God's Spirit. Live your life in a way that sows to the Spirit of God, that sows to the strength of what God is doing, that helps you live with a standard of godliness in your life. Live with a godly standard, and you'll have God's strength in your life. It's not really a secret. You reap what you sow. And so if you want to reap the strength of God, then you've got to sow the standard of God. So begin sowing and living and practicing godly standards, and you'll see those reaped in your life. As a church, we've kind of been in a season where we've been beginning uh, to look forward for this year and in the years to come, and we're doing that with the end in mind. What is it we sense, God? What is it that we want to have As, as a church? We have some standards. There are certain things, we, we shared those, that we we hold to these, we hold to them firm and, and and we're constantly evaluating to make sure we're staying on our standards so that we have a leg to stand on, so that we're sowing and we're getting God's strength as a church. And I really do believe that God is growing our faith as a church and we're growing stronger and stronger as we go. And because we're beginning with the end in mind, there's some things that we've really begun to see this year that that have allowed our heart for the house that God has us in. Man, there are some things that God has just placed on our heart that we want to move towards, that we want to stride forward in this year. And in the years to come, let me share a few of them. We're going to stride forward this year because we believe that uh, we we want to see 160 people get saved this year as a result of Faith Church. 160 people to surrender control of their life and choose to follow Jesus. Can I can I get a, a thumbs up? Amen. Give me a little heart action in the chat box there. We're going to see and we're we're praying. We we've made preparations, but we're beginning with that end in mind. It's something that we're seeing and we're raising some standards to allow us to to follow up and to move forward. We're going to see that this year it's it's what we're setting our faith and we're moving towards. We see it. We we see the end with that. Uh, we believe that within the next three to five years, we're setting our sights to move and stride towards seeing a 1,000 people a part of our church every weekend uh, in the next three to five years. We really believe that God is positioning us and asking us to stride with certain standards, to be stabilized by God's grace and to have these steps of faith. Man, we're, we're rallying and we're structuring and we're uh, setting the stage and setting the environment in a sense of, What is it we need to do to have the capacity to move forward to be able to see a thousand people worshiping God, a part of Faith Church, every single weekend? Man, we are moving forward and orienting our mind and thinking in those terms. And so what we're beginning with that end in mind. It's exciting to see and exciting to believe because we know God wants healthy things to grow. And we believe that we're a part of something healthy that God is doing. And our heart is to see the house of God grow and to see the people of God come. Now you might be saying, pastor, why are we getting so caught up in numbers? And here's the deal. Every number has a name. Every name has a story and every story needs Jesus. That's what moves us forward. Every single story, your life has been impacted because faith was brought to life in you. And we want to see that multiplied over again and again and again. And so we're, we're, we're pumped and we're excited to see God continue to move. You know, in the last two years, we've grown by over 200 people and we see God continuing to do that in the future. It's, it's God's grace that is stabilizing this, but we know that we have a part to play in that. And it's called the standards that we live by. And one of our standards is we always make room for more people to belong. We always make room for more people to belong. And so because that's a part of our heart, that's the vision of this house, that's the standard that we have as a body, that's led us to make uh, this one big announcement, and I'm really excited to, to share it with you, that starting April 3rd, we're gonna be launching two Sunday morning services. Starting April 3rd, we're gonna have two Sunday morning services, two opportunities for people to have space and have room to experience a life changing life giving message of hope and encounter with God every Sunday, two services and, and we're, man we 're pumped about it um, the times that we 're looking at are nine thirty and eleven fifteen those may adjust a little bit one way or the other uh, we 'll be finalizing those times in the coming weeks um, you 'll hear about them for sure but man we're we are pumped up we 're excited to stride forward a one two stride of One service, two service. One service, two service. We believe God's grace is going to be on there. We're going to see God move. And man, it's going to be just a a great season for us moving forward, moving forward. That's the heart that we have this year as as a church. Those are some of the things that are stirring in us to move forward. You know, last year we uh, started this Heart for the House Uh, kind of campaign, if you will, or or process. And Heart for the House for us was kind of twofold. One, it was to hear what was on the horizon for us as a church. Where is it we see opportunities to expand our reach and to uh, enhance the ministries that God has for us? And so we we pray every year, Lord, what are you doing? And, and I just shared a couple of the things this year that we see on the horizon for us as a church, ways that we're gonna move forward, some objectives that we have that we're kind of aligning everything to this. And so Heart for the House is about aligning our hearts to say, Jesus, our heart is for your house. And if it's on the horizon for us as a church, we wanna be a part. And it's a, the second part of Heart for the House is a real practical financial stewardship for us. Uh, we challenge every person that's a part of Faith Church to be committed contributors, which means we honor God by returning the tithe to Him. And as we see uh, um, our faithfulness with the tithe go, we as a church are able to set a budget for our operations. But for Heart for the House, we, we encourage everybody to walk through a process personally to say, Lord, what is it that you would like me to do above and beyond my regular tithe above and beyond it, to give towards heart for the house, which then allows our team to pray about and to determine the speed and the scope with which we move forward with capital improvements, expansion, or even ministry opportunities as God brings them our way. Now, I haven't shared exhaustively what all those things are because there's a lot that could happen this year, and there's a lot that could not happen this year in terms of projects. But for us, we are not giving towards a specific project. Heart for the House is about us planning and posturing our heart before the Lord to say, Lord, this is the part I want to play. And so I challenge everybody as part of Faith Church to do to do two things. Number one, I want to challenge you. If you're a part, if Faith Church is your your, your space, I want to challenge you to give Faith Church one year of your life. Maybe you're kind of on the fence and you haven't really jumped in. I want to challenge you to give give one year this year. What do I mean by that? I mean, give one year to join a serve team, get connected in a connect group, uh, give faithfully in regular tithes, bringing the first 10%, returning it to the Lord undesignated. Be a part on Sunday. Show up, bring friends, invite somebody, be there with us. Make it a point to, unless you're traveling for for business or vacation, that if you're here, you're in town and you're at church, don't let other activities take away. Give one year of your life to invest fully into the house of God. And I promise you this, that if you will give God a full year going all in with everything that we offer as a church, participating and contributing in all of the ways, I promise your life will be more blessed as a result at the end of the year. And here's the deal. If after one year of going all in, you're serving, you're giving, you're you're a part of a group, you're attending faithfully on the weekends, you're all in, right? You give the Lord your whole heart for one year, time, talents, treasure. You give it all to him for one year. If your life isn't better, if you haven't seen God begin to flourish something in your life, in different areas of your life, if you haven't seen God change your life as a result of you going all in for a year, you don't ever have to come back to church again. You can you, you can just go worship all, all on your own. I won't ask a thing of you, but I challenge you: one year, give one year of your life. What, what, what is it in the grand scope of your life? Would you be willing to invest one year? You know, as we get ready to go to two services, it's going to require more opportunities of reaching people and serving and going. So, I want to challenge you: go one year. Would you would you be willing to do it to say, God? I'll give you one year. I'll get connected. I'll get involved. I'll go to catch the vision. I haven't gone yet. I'm going to go to catch the vision. I'm going to join a connect group. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start giving faithfully. I'm going to challenge you. Go all in. Go all in. For one year, just give God one year and see what he might do through you. And the second thing that I'm going to ask of you is those that are already Contributing, you're you're faithful to give. You, you're covenant partners here at the church. You, you, your heart is tied to this house, and then you're excited. And the things that I've shared today are already stirring in you. I wanna, I wanna ask that you would go onto the central hub today and fill out a heart for the house commitment. This is just an estimate that you're saying, hey, this year we believe God wants us to give X. Amount over and above our, our tithes, our regular tithing and our regular giving. This is just a an extra step, and all that does is it allows your faith to get put into action, and it allows us as a team to make plans and preparations for the speed and scope with which we move forward with things as a church. And so, would you? Uh, many of you have been praying about it this week. We'll have an opportunity next Sunday as well to fill out a card uh, or uh, and continue to fill it out on the central hub if you'd like. Uh, but this is for those that are in. You're a part. You say, you know what? I'm going to commit, and I want to give over and above this year X amount. And It just helps us to plan, and it's just a faith estimate. We're not going to hold you to it. We're not going to hound you. We're not. It's not a pledge. It's not a covenant. It's not a contract. It's none of those things. It's just you as a family saying, as a household, as an individual saying, you know what? This is what I believe the Lord wants me to put my faith into action to give in this way giving sacrificially and giving towards the house that God has me a part of. Friends, what would it look like for you and me if we started living with godly standards? You know what I think it would look like? I think it would look like marriages that are stronger, rock solid. I think it would look like finances that have been turned over to where we feel less stress and we feel more blessed. I think it would look like families that are flourishing into the things of God because we have some godly standards set in place with our families. I think it would be people who are set ablaze with with passion because they've set a standard to say, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to give God our best. I think think it would look like a strong community of faith that moves forward. Friends, I want to challenge you to give God a year, set in motion some godly standards, and watch God's strength show up in your life again and again and again. Hey, as we close, I want to remind you of one thing, and that's this. This Wednesday is our first Wednesday service, which means we're going to gather, and we're going to pray. We're going to open the church for from 7 p.m. to 7 45 p.m. this Wednesday at the church, open for prayer. We're going to seek the face of God, giving him our first. It's a standard that we have. We give God our first, right? And so we're going to give him the first of our month through prayer, as a church body. And so I want to invite you to join us this Wednesday, seven o'clock for First Wednesday Prayer. Guys, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Again, you can go to the Central Hub uh, for those commitments and uh, to be a part to, get, to join a serve team and to take your next step. But more than anything, take some time, set some godly standards and see God's strength show up in your life. Hey, we love you. Be blessed today.